Good morning. Today is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. What does it mean to have faith? To say, I trust God, I have faith in God. Often, when people say that, they mean, don't worry, it's going to be okay. You're facing something frightening, you're anxious about something, and someone will say to you, or you'll think to yourself, don't worry, have faith. You'll see, it's going to be fine. And it's meant to be a positive, encouraging sentiment. It's going to be okay. I don't think that's correct. I don't think it is authentically Jewish. Sometimes, believing that something will turn out well does not lead to it turning out well. Yes, having the proper attitude and the frame of mind and being optimistic, those are positive things. But they do not by themselves create the outcome that I desire. Rather, having faith in God means whatever does happen will proceed according to God's plan, and it will be good for us from God's perspective, even if we don't see it, even if we don't experience it that way, even if we're only able to appreciate it years later, if ever. That is authentic Jewish faith. The famous paragraph in Tehillim and Psalms, which I've shared with you before, Psalm 23, Hashem roi lo echzar. Hashem roi, God is my shepherd. That means that God cares about me. God is looking out for what is best for me. And therefore, gam ki elech begates even though I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going through trauma, I'm going through challenges, I'm going through difficulty, lo ira ra, I fear no evil. Ki ata imadi, because you, God, are with me. Lo ira ra, I fear no evil, not because no evil is going to happen. Not because somehow my faith in God will save me from the pain of the evil that I am facing. That is not true. It's not what the paragraph says, and it's not true objectively. The absence of the evil is in God being with us. And that is very, very powerful. The fact that we do not go through it alone. The fact that there is something here that is somehow in our best interest from God's point of view. But that's not the same as saying, have faith because it's going to be okay because you're not going to feel pain, because it's going to work out the way you want. 
That's just not true. But there's another kind of faith in God. There's another kind of trust in God, a very different kind of faith that we find in our Parsha, the portion of Noah. And I think that this type of faith is terribly relevant to every one of us today. And this is relevant to some of the themes and subjects some of us have been discussing over the last number of days and will be continuing with these themes. And this will build on what we discussed yesterday about Noah's agnosticism. Now, what I want to share with you very briefly this morning is partially based on an essay by a woman named Avi Killip. And it's based on Rashi in our Parsha. So let's review some of the verses, look at them carefully. A lot of this we looked at yesterday, but we're going to derive a new frightening approach today. God says to Noah, Va'ani hinni mevi es God says, I'm going to bring a flood that will flood the whole earth and will destroy all living creatures. But I will establish a covenant with you, Noah, and your family and the animals that you take into your ark. And you will go into the ark with your family and the animals, and you will be saved. Everything else is going to get wiped out. Everything else will be destroyed, but you will be saved and there will be a new covenant, a new relationship, a new bris together with you and your family. Noah did all that God had commanded him. That is what Noah did. Okay? Noah gets to work. Vayomer Hashem Noah. God says to Noah, Now it's time. Bo ata v'chobescha elateva. It's time to get into the ark. What I told you is going to happen. Now it's happening. Get into the ark. And Noah did all that God commanded him. Again, I'm, I, want, I want you to hear the repetition of this particular phrase of how carefully Noah is following every one of God's commands. And then it started. The flood began to raise the waters on the earth. It started to rain. The waters started to rise. And Noah and his family went into the ark. The words we quoted yesterday. Because of the waters 
of the flood. So, as we discussed yesterday, a close reading of these words leads to a question about the last three words, mipnei mehamabul, if God told Noah what was going to happen, and God commanded Noah to build an ark, and God commanded Noah to gather the animals and to enter the ark, and the Torah says Noah did exactly what God told him. Everything that Noah, that God commanded Noah, that's what Noah did. Why does that change in the last verse? Why did he go into the ark because of the waters of the flood and not simply as God had commanded him? Like everything else up until that moment that Noah had done as God had commanded. So I quoted for you before yesterday the famous line of Rashi, Af Noach miktani amunahaya. Noach was not such a great, perfect believer. He had uncertainty. Mamin, he believed. The Eino Mamin, but he also did not believe. He only actually went into the ark when the waters rose, the flood waters started pushing, and that forced him into the ark. And that's the reason the Torah says Noah went into the ark, not because God commanded him, God had commanded him, but because because of the waters of the flood. Noah was 99% certain. After all, God had told him. And remember, Noah was a prophet. God spoke directly to Noah. It's not like God, it's not like Noah wasn't sure that God existed. This had to do with Noah being certain that God will actually carry out his plan of destruction. God told him, but Noah thinks to himself, maybe, just in case. He waited until he saw the waters rise with his own eyes. And I mentioned this yesterday. I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but I hope you'll see the reason in a moment. I think this makes Noah very relatable to us. Even the most religious person still has doubts, and that's to be expected, especially in Noah's unprecedented circumstances. What was going to happen is something that had never happened before, the earth completely destroyed by flood, and then God promised it would never happen again. But here's the point. Here is the radical insight Noah was a mamin. He had faith. But not 100% faith. He had 99% faith. But what does faith mean to Noah? For Noah, having faith is not 
a reassuring idea. Having faith is not everything's going to be okay. Having faith in Noah's case meant that the absolute worst would happen. That the world would be destroyed. Noah's not having faith, right? Mamin ve'enomamin. He believed that the world was going to come to an end as a result of the flood, but he wasn't a hundred thousand percent certain. He was a little bit lacking in that belief. But the belief, the faith, the faith was not, yeah, everything's going to be okay. I listened to what Hashem said. Hashem's with me. He's going to protect. Everything's going to be all right. You'll see everything's going to be all right. No, it's the opposite. Noah's faith is that the worst possible nightmare that I cannot even imagine is going to happen. Noah is 99% sure and he is held accountable for the remote possibility that maybe somehow everything will actually be okay. That was wrong on his part. He was held accountable for that. That was a weakness in his faith. Noah's faith is exactly the opposite of what we often think about. It means to have faith in God. We have faith in God, it's going to be okay. But for Noah, the faith in God meant it's going to be worse than I ever could have imagined. Noah teaches us sometimes we have to have faith. We have to have trust that the most catastrophic outcome will, in fact, happen. And we must prepare for it. God does not speak to us today the way that God spoke to Noah. Today, since the close of the era of prophecy about 2,400 years ago, God speaks to us through events in the world, through what happens to us, through what we see, through what we learn, through observation, through science, through research. Often these messages from God are less distinct, harder to confidently comprehend than when God spoke openly and clearly to Noah. But sometimes, even today, the message is clear and unavoidable to anyone with open eyes, to anyone with an open mind searching for truth. The exact same message that God gave Noah, God is giving to us. Our planet is in trouble. 
and remember the ending of the story, even if it is true, as the Torah will say later in the Parsha that God promised he will never again do that. Remember the fine print. God says, I will never again destroy the entire world through flood. That means part of the world could be destroyed with flood. The entire world could be destroyed in some other means. Farhad Manju wrote a remarkable, eloquent article in the New York Times a couple of years ago. He wrote this in 2019. It is even more obviously true today. We are Blackberry after the iPhone. Blockbuster after Netflix. We've got the wrong design. We bet on the wrong technologies. We've got the wrong incentives. And we're saddled with the wrong culture. Our whole way of life is built on a series of myths. The myth of endless space, endless fuel, endless water, endless optimism, endless outward reach, and endless free parking. One by one, those myths are burning into flame. I shared with some of you last Thursday night and the Thursday night before, we find ourselves now in the Shemitah year, the sabbatical year that started this past Rosh Hashanah, and this whole Jewish year is a Shemitah year. And as I shared with you last Thursday night, the Shemitah year, the sabbatical year, is a year in which we are supposed to be listening to what the earth is saying to us. To have an entire year of Shabbos for the land, not planting or harvesting, not acting like owners because we are not. As I quoted to you on Thursday night, the Pasuk, Ki li ha'aretz, God says, it's my earth, God says to every one of us. It's not ours. And what that should mean for all of us everywhere, not just in Israel, to listen to what the earth is telling us now. A year of listening to the earth. And it is our duty to listen and to act on what we hear, not just during the Shemitah year, but as I mentioned before, in the successive years to come. I shared with you before, and it demands repetition. At the very beginning of the Torah, and God took man and placed him in the Garden of Eden, to work the land and to protect it. And I shared this Midrash of a conversation that God had with Adam. When God created Adam, God took Adam on a tour of all of the trees in the Garden of Eden, all of the plants, all of the flowers, all of the vegetables. And God said to Adam, 
Ra'amasai. Look at what I have created. How beautiful and valuable and beneficial all of this is. Everything I created, I created for your use, for your benefit, for you to enjoy. Be careful. That you do not mess up and destroy my earth. Because if you mess it up, there is no one who will come to fix it for you. There is no one to fix it but ourselves. I confess to you, I don't consider myself an expert in this area. There's a lot I don't understand about the crisis of climate change. For example, I don't understand what would actually help and what is symbolic. It's a little hard for me to believe that if we all change our drinking straws, the problem will end. I don't understand what is realistic to achieve and what is not realistic to achieve at this point. And a big part of that is because so few people approach this looking for truth without an agenda. But I am confident about this. A reading of the Parsha of Noah this Shabbos and an awareness that we are in the Shemitah year this year should reinforce for all of us to share Noah's faith. The faith, the trust that the worst is happening. It will not be okay without our most intense effort and investment and change. And what I think Noah would say if he were here today, well, first he would say, oh no, not again. And then he would say, have faith. Have my faith. That it's a fact that we are destroying our world and that no one is going to fix it but ourselves. Many scholars find fault with Noah. Yes, he built the ark. He, his family, the animals survived and repopulated the earth. But what did he do to avert the catastrophe? We need to ensure the same criticism is not directed at us. And we will only be able to do so if we adopt Noah's faith that it will not be okay unless we fix it.
My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.